We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 363. Our guest today is rider and owner of Breakaway Farm, which is based in Wellington and Pennsylvania. Breakaway really pushes the boundaries in conventional show jumping and focuses on the development of horse and rider, so both can really reach their fullest potential. She started riding at the age of three years old and quickly made a career for herself, starting her LLC when she was first 15 years old. She has since graduated college and has a thriving business of really marketing top show jumping horses and young horses and really working on developing them. So without further ado, please welcome our guest today, Caitlin Connors. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to hear more about what you are up to these days. But first, tell me, how did you first get started in the horse world? Okay. So my mom used to ride. Um, She grew up on a farm. She did like around the low amateurs, did some hunter stuff. So she's definitely the one who got me into it. Um, I started riding locally in Pennsylvania. I live near the Devon Horse Show. Um, So I started riding locally there. Uh, She's obviously the one who got me into it. I got my first pony when I was four. My pony was also four. Oh (laughs) gosh. A recipe (laughs) for disaster. She was horrible. I fell all the time. And for some reason I didn't get burned out of it. Even though I fell off all the time, I still like, I was very nervous and I was very anxious about it, but I still managed to ride and here I am today. So that's how I got into it. I heard that you had one nickname, Satan. Was that the (laughs) four-year-old? That would be her. She was, she was horrible. I, I I certainly didn't help her being that I was like a very, very anxious kid, which I'm like super open about. I do like struggle with anxiety as most people do, of course. But when I was younger, I was super anxious. And then of Mm. course I had this little rotten pony who bucked me off all the time. Like I would go to shows with my mom and we would trailer her and I would make my mom pull over and I'd like get sick because I was so anxious about showing her because I knew I was going to fall off. Wow. (laughs) But I guess it worked out. Wow. Yeah. How do you feel like having her shaped you as the rider you are, but I mean, having something like that at a young age? Honestly, I'm looking back. I'm so grateful that I did have her. She taught me a lot. Um, a lot of kids I feel like grow up and they have like these perfect ponies and then they have maybe a horse that like does something bad and they have no idea how to handle it. Totally. And I feel like then I was able to, I turned into a cowgirl when I was a kid. Like Mm -hmm. I really did. Like once I got over that anxiety and I did get to ride a pony that gave me like some type of, I rode a mini actually. I rode a mini by the name of French fry. (laughs) um, I showed him and he gave me confidence. He was like 20 years old when I showed him. You showed him. That's amazing. I did. I jumped him and everything. And I wouldn't win, like, which was surprising <laughs> to me because I thought, you know, I'm going in on a mini pony. I'm for sure going to win. Obviously, I'm jumping <laughs> mini and I didn't. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And I feel like after he gave me that confidence, I was able to get back on her and I learned how to get her around. Like I had to manage it because I had to get rid of her. I had to sell her. 
honestly, I'm really grateful for that. And then after that, I started breaking racehorses for a summer job and galloping racehorses and obviously dealing with racehorses. They're not very tamed either. Mm -hmm. They're, they're quite wild. So honestly, like dealing with that when I was so young and then I had to get over it really taught me how to deal with horses. Like to this day, now I can, you know, get on a horse and I can make it happen if I need to. And I'm really great. Wow. That's so cool. What is, what is your anxiety? If you don't mind me asking, look like now, um, especially considering kind of the, the riding upbringing that you've had and, and had to kind of overcome a lot of that riding anxiety at an early age. Of course. So when I was younger, I had doctors tell my parents, she needs to be on medication. She's extremely anxious. Um, but my parents just didn't feel that it was the time, not a problem. I learned to kind of deal with it in different ways, but then it started getting really bad. When I started jumping the under 25s, I was 15 or 16. Um, I started second guessing myself. And at the last minute when I was going to jumps, I would just pull or I'd kick. And it got to the point where it was like starting to get dangerous. I was really overthinking everything. Mm. So now I'm on medication, which I'm very open about. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people struggle with anxiety and it's not something that like people should be shy about. So I'm one of those people, I'm not shy about it. Um, I'm on medication. The medication has really helped me. Um, it's just something that I take like daily. And I think that now that I'm on that medication and I'm not second guessing myself, I'm now more confident if that makes sense. Totally. So that has, really helped me. And of course, going into big classes like this, I do get nervous, but I'm not overthinking and getting beyond anxious that I'm actually messing myself up. If that right. Yeah. And there's such a difference, right? It's like nerves are good and they're like important to have because it means that like that is important to you. And, you know, like the, the competitiveness and this is your career, like that, like nerves can be a good thing, but then when it starts affecting your, your like uh, focus and your decision-making, like uh, obviously then that's when it's not very good to have. Of course. I had, I had a couple trainers that were not great handling me when I was younger and I was in like a pretty abusive situation with them. And that really hindered on my anxiety. Like I went, when I was younger, I had really bad anxiety when I would go to the shows, then I kind of overcame it and I was like doing better. But then I went to those trainers and they just absolutely knocked me down, took every inch of confidence that I had away. And then that's why I started second guessing myself because I could go in and win a class, but I'd come out and they'd rip everything that I did apart. Mm. So then I was just like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I, I have to do this perfectly. And I was, I was 13, 14 years old. Right. So for me, it was just like a lot to handle, but now I'm with the trainer. Now he's believes in me and he's like super great. He handles me really well. Like, of course I still do get anxious, but mm-hmm. he handles it in a much different way than how it was handled prior. So now I do get nervous, but it's more, I get nervous because I want to do well, not because I think I'm going to go out and I'm going to like, I'm going to make a mistake and then I'm going to get my head ripped off. Right. Right. For someone listening, who is a fellow equestrian who has um, anxiety, especially in, around the idea of showing, what are some things that trainers have told you um, maybe after a class or maybe leading up to a round um, that you feel like have really helped you? Sure. So it, I've, always been the type of person that when my trainer believes in me, then I feel like I can do it. So there's been times that I've walked into classes and 
I remember for like an example, I was walking into the meter 50 championship in um, Wellington um, on a horse that is he's crazy careful. So I really can't make many mistakes with him. Otherwise, you know, he gets a little nervous. Yeah. So it was definitely nervous. It was under the lights, the weft, like the weft crowd was there. It was, you know, it was nerve wracking. Yeah. And I went in and my trainer just told me like, you can do this, like fight for it. You got this. You're going to be the next clear round. And that just gave me the confidence. Like, okay, if you believe in me, then I be- like, I know mm-hmm. I can do it. Right. So that's just something that like having a trainer that believes in you and encourages you to do well is so helpful. And I can really say that because I've had the opposite. I've had a trainer that, you know, I go, I said, oh, can I move up? I feel like I'm ready. And they laugh in my face. Mm. So I feel like that is super helpful. And when I come out and I make a mistake, my trainer now knows that I am very, very hard on myself. So if he sees that I'm like really beating myself up over it, he's not going to keep beating me up over right. it. Right. Going right. to say, you know what? Mis- mistakes happen. Things happen. We're going to move on and mm-hmm. we're going to like, we're going to become better from it. I just made a mistake a couple weeks ago in my first like five star with this horse. And I was beating myself up over it. I was so upset. And he was like, listen, you learned from it. Like there's nothing you can do about it at this mm-hmm. point. So just to like kind of have that reassurance before you go in and after you come out is really nice to have. Now, of course, if you're the type of rider that's like, this was my horse's fault and not my fault, then that's kind of different. But I'm always the one that's like, this is all my fault. My yeah. horse is perfect. They don't do anything wrong. Yeah. So, but that's what's helped me a lot. Definitely. I think having a trainer who, and it's a good reminder for me as a trainer um, to always be mindful and like basically be able to read the room, right? Like you can, sometimes your like students or a rider is in a place where they like, they need a little push and they need a little like, kind of like fire under them to um, do things better the next time. And other times they come out and they are either, you know, crying or on the verge of, and you know, maybe that's not the time to (laughs) to be really super constructive. I know when I was younger and I would come out, I'm sure because I was immature, I'd be like, my horse could have done this. And my training at the time was like, how dare you? Your horse never does anything wrong. And that, in that situation, I needed that. I needed mm. that readjustment to be like, no, 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 no. This was on you. And I was immature and I was be- I was a child. So of course I needed to learn. But now that I'm older and I can look back on it, like, of course my horses were dealing with me all the time. Like, so it's just now I'm in a different mindset where like, it is my fault and like, I need to do things better and to be like reassured. And like, for my trainer, he does a great job reading the room and seeing like, oh, she's really beating herself up over this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to her anymore is really helpful. Totally. So you started your LLC at when you were like 15. I feel like with most people at that age are either like thinking about their next horse show or hanging out with their <laughs> barn friends. And like, you were over here, like building your business. So yeah. <laughs> what, what prompted this decision? And were you like interested in the business side of horses at, like at, at such a young age, how did that, how did you kind of like decide so early on that this is what you wanted to do? So as I told you a little bit prior to this, um, I used to break race horses and I was a cowgirl for one of my previous trainers. And when I was riding with him, he would, he did a lot of sales and these, he, for some reason, one day plopped me on this junior hunter that he was riding that was for sale. Mm. And I did really well on it. And people started asking, who is this eight-year-old riding this <laughs> junior hunter? 
Yeah. And so then he like had an awakening, like, oh, I'm going to put her on all these horses because I was nine, 10 years old riding these horses around. And people were like, if this nine-year-old can do it, so, so can I. So I started selling these horses um, and like paying for my board by doing that when mm. I was younger. And then when I got to be around 15, when I started my LLC, my mom is, my mom is still very much into the horses and I love young horses. Like some of my, one of my best horses that I've had, he's the love of my life. My little gray, his name is blue. I got him when he was five and I trained him up until the five-star level. So for me, I love working with young horses and my mom thought, okay, well, why don't we bring in younger horses like as an investment and you can ride and sell them so then that's what we got the llc for obviously to just like say that the you know that the llc owns the horses for tax purposes and stuff like that yeah but um so yeah that's kind of how it started because i was riding and selling horses from such a young age and then my mom was like well why don't we try to do this like more on our own so that's how it all that's how it all came about amazing In the summer months, I feel like a lot of places that we horse show also tend to have lots and lots of rain. And it's always the worst when you have, you know, a hot summer day with a bunch of rain and you also have a bunch of rain gear. And it's just like the worst feeling in the world, being hot and raining and disgusting and gross. But I want to talk about whether or not equestrian, because if you have not tried their breeches, Oh my gosh, I am putting you on to a life-changing material that is absolutely so revolutionary, and I feel like everyone needs a pair, if not several, whether or not equestrian breaches. First of all, they are waterproof, and I know when I say waterproof, you say, okay, Bethany, like maybe like a little sprinkle or like get some water on them and it's fine. No, they actually, their fabric passed rain test AATCC 35,000. I don't know what that means, but after looking it up, it tests, it really like measures the resistance to the penetration of water by impact. I, again, read this, read this on their website, looked it up to actually see what the heck it was. Still didn't believe it. So I have a couple pairs and I put them on, went right to the barn, into the wash rack, and I ran the hose over my leg. And I was absolutely shocked how the water literally ran off my leg. Normal, you know, like riding breeches, not to mention they fit so well. They're so stretchy. They're so flattering. There's a zipper in the back, um, you know, right below your waist um, band that literally holds your phone so you don't have to like wear anything or have worry about your phone slipping out of your pocket. It's just like so well made. And to top it off, the fabric is not only comfortable, stretchy, incredible, it's literally rain resistant, which is just, I think, so revolutionary for our sport. So you've heard enough from me blabbering on. You need to go try them for yourself because I didn't believe it until I tried them for myself. So go visit their website. It's wonequestrian.com. So whether or not equestrian.com. Again, that's wonequestrian.com. Get yourself a pair of these breeches and tell me I'm wrong. I dare you. They changed my life and I cannot wait to ride in them in Florida and in Kentucky all summer. I mean, truly, thanks to Weather or Not Equestrian, 
rain does not have to freak you out anymore. So go check them out. You will not be sorry. Um, what prompted you to make the decision to then go to college? Was that always on your radar? Was that always going to be part of your story? So when I was younger, I definitely was like, I don't want to go to college right. because what horse girl wants to go to college? Right. Then I, I didn't go to high, a normal high school. I was online, like online school. And I thought like, I really want to have a college experience. Now that didn't work out because COVID hit like my front, the end of my freshman year. And I didn't go back in person until my senior, no, excuse me, my junior year. So I just thought this horse world is cutthroat. I don't want to have clients and have them look down on me because I don't have a college education. Mm. I want them to be able to talk to me and know that I, you know, I went to school. I went to a very good school. I worked very hard. I am well-educated. I can be talked to just like you're talking to a friend, not like, you know, I'm just, I've just, I just witnessed that when I saw, I saw how some people spoke to their trainers that didn't go to college. And I'm not, I have friends who didn't go to college and they do extremely well. They're very smart. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I think that for me mentally, I wanted to do it. Totally. Um, I also wanted to have that college experience. I didn't go to high school. So I did want to have a little bit of normalcy in my life. So yeah, that's kind of what prompted me to do it. And I'm really grateful that I did do it. I have some kids were talking to me earlier this week and saying like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to school. I'm like, you have to go to school. Yeah. You have to go to school. Only four years of your life. So, I mean, I'm really grateful that I did do it. But I mean, also I know people that didn't go to college and they're doing great. So yeah. it's just a personal thing, I think. Totally. Graduating from University of Miami, how often do people ask you if you were friends with Alex Earl? <laughs> Um, all the time, all the time. I because we graduated at the same time and everything. So I tell them, oh, I was literally at the um like with my family this year in the summer, and somebody was like, oh, where'd you graduate from? I told them, oh, University of Miami, and they said, so do you know Alex Earl? I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> it's also I like don't. a massive school, so it's so big. I do. We, I have mutual friends of hers, yeah. but like, I don't know. Her. That is so funny. That's so cool. And, it pro- and obviously I feel like it's a very, um, it's a popular school for equestrians because yes. of, you know, just the, the sheer fact that so much of the season, so much of the year is spent in South Florida. Um, so I'm sure that that was like a nice um, perk to, to picking that school as well. Um, I feel like one of the biggest parts of balance is finding a team that you feel like can really help you accomplish your dreams um, and still, you know, really let you do what you love. Because as we know, like as equestrians and running a business, like there's only so many hours in the day. So you can't like physically do it all. So tell me a little bit about your team right now and, and how you feel like they've really helped keep you at the top of your game, like while you are doing so much. Yeah. So as I've already raved about my trainer, I train with Roberto Taran. He has been nothing short of amazing. He's been so helpful. Um, I was with him prior to even going to college. I've been with him for six years now. Wow. Um, and I told him, you know, I'm going to go to college. And he kept, he treats my horses as if they're his own, which I'm extremely grateful for. He always has a good eye on them. He rides them every chance he gets. And he's an amazing horseman as well. So that's super helpful that my horses are in such 
great hands while I'm gone. And that gives me a sense of peace as well while I'm gone. Now, when I was in school, I would definitely try to come and ride as much as I could. But when I was at school and he was handling it, they were getting ridden by him. They never felt better. <laughs> Actually, I, I wanted to stay at school because he was riding them. and they <laughs> yeah. them So um, he's definitely made the like whole college experience um, with balancing riding much easier because I was able to trust that my horses were in very, very good hands while I was gone. Love that. Uh, going kind of back to your mental hurdles, your anxiety for someone listening who might be going through like a bit of a rough patch, like a, a roadblock in their riding that they just can't seem to figure out how to get through. What advice would you have for them? Sure. So I think you just have to regroup. You just have to like take a step back and just kind of realize that like everything's okay. A lot of anxiety is all in our minds. So I think a lot of like, I did a lot of meditation when my anxiety was at its peak. I did a lot of meditation and I did like, I put on my phone, like motivational quotes, stuff like that. That's just like reaffirmation that I'm doing well and I'm not alone in this situation. So for example, if you're jumping a meter 30 and things aren't going as planned and you're just in your head, don't be scared to like move down and jump something that you're super comfortable with and just get Mm -hmm. around and boost your confidence. Yeah. So that's just something that like, I feel I was scared to do that when I was jumping, you know, bigger classes. I didn't want to move down because then I felt defeated, but it's okay to move down and boost your confidence and move back up when you feel ready. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like you kind of have to take it a step at a time and give yourself that, like, you can be kind to yourself almost like you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself. It's really, it's, it's, you know, it's all in our minds. Totally. Uh, what are you most looking forward to in the near future? When it comes to riding? Yeah. I don't know. I love working with younger horses. I just love working with horses in general. So I guess I'm excited for any new horses that might come into the barn. I have um, two really exciting horses right now. So I'm really excited to see what they have to come. My trainer is going to Pan Ams and hopefully the Olympics. So I'm super excited to see how he does, you know, in those huge competitions. Yeah. So, and I'm also excited for WEF. WEF's coming up before you know it. It's so crazy they, how close it is. It's insane. <laughs> I feel like we just left. So I, I, mean, I feel like there's a lot to be excited about. And yeah, I'm just, you never know. The horse world's like, all over the place. So. It changes so fast. It changes yeah. so quickly. But and whatever you have scheduled, like just know that they'll be, they'll for sure be changes. Gonna be a change, <laughs> for sure. Obviously. Oh gosh. Um, as far as your young horses, do you have a bit of a routine as far as like, are you going to Europe? Are you importing horses on your own or with your LLC? What does that kind of look like for you as far as young horses go? So I have one young horse right now. Um, She's actually owned by Roberto. Okay, cool. Um, So I'm working with him on her. And that's kind of how I've been going about everything recently is I've been working with Roberto a lot. I had um, Alonzo Valdez. He's a rider from Peru. I'm very grateful. He sent me a few young horses prior as well. Cool. These are horses that I'm going to Europe and trying. It's more or less people are like, oh, we want to sell these horses and they send them to me. And then I'm 
work with them and sell them, which I'm also really grateful for because it's not like I'm trying a certain type of horse and I'm getting the same type of horse every time. I'm getting all different types of horses and I'm learning a lot from them, mm-hmm. which is so great. And um, I feel like working with young horses is also just so rewarding. So um, that's kind of how it's been going about. Maybe in the future, I will get horses from Europe and bring them over here, develop them and sell them. But as of right now, it's just kind of been more of a coincidence if they come over, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, but I have the one right now and she's, she's eight. She's super special. She's so cute. And um, she's moving up this week. So we'll see. Hopefully all goes well. Awesome. That's so cool. What would you say is an area of the industry that you're especially passionate about that you feel like the rest of the horse world either doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? So my uncle had um, a super bad car accident many years ago and is brain injured. And one of the things that he did, um, part of his rehab was he was riding. And there is a place, it's called Thorncroft in Pennsylvania. I wish that I made more time to go and volunteer and get more involved with it. But I think that it's something that is super inspiring. And it's like great to hear that horses can have such an impact on people's lives They take people who have some type of disability and they bring them to the barn. They can see the horses, they can ride. And that's something that I would love to get more involved with. That's something that I wish was more like out there in the horse world and was more known. Maybe, maybe it is. And maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm just, you know, not as involved, but um, that's something that I would love to get more involved with. And I think that that is, you know, it's, it's great. It's good for the horses and it's good for the people. Like, I know it was great for my uncle who went and he was able to see the horses. Like that was probably, that was the highlight of his day to be able Mm. to get out of the house. He's in a wheelchair. He can't speak. He, you know, has a really difficult time controlling his own body. So for him to get out and be with a horse and be with an animal and be able to pet an animal, feel like he's taking care of them and be able to ride a horse is like, super special. So that's something that comes to mind when you mention that. And I love to get more involved and hopefully, you know, we can, as a riding industry, you know, maybe talk about it a little more. Totally. Yeah. I think that that's such a great point. And I think that it seems like people maybe only know about it very well if they have had like a personal experience, right? Like if they, if they have, you know, like a riding center, um, for, for riding therapy down the road, or if they have like a family member or friend who has been a part of it. And um, yeah, I just think it's such an incredible opportunity. Like you said, for, for both, for both rider and horse, because I think even just thinking about like how, I know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast before, but how um, finding really incredible barns and, and therapy centers like this are actually a great opportunity for, um, semi-retired horses or, you know, horses who still, and I know I have so many older lesson horses that still like really thrive on a job and doing something like this, I think is like super fulfilling. And, And then also obviously from the riding standpoint, um, I have two nephews who were, you know, very nonverbal through their like six or seven years old. And there was a point while they were, you know, just learning how to talk, they could maybe say one or two words here or there, but if they were on a horse, they could like speak in full sentences. And it's just like crazy how powerful horses can be in in your health and healing. And they're so smart. Like I remember my uncle, we brought him out to see my horse when he was more local to us. Mm -hmm. And 
my horse at the time was like, he was a little nippy. He was cranky. But when my uncle came out and we like pulled him up in his wheelchair and everything, he was so kind. He was like licking him. He was like so nice. I think horses are really smart. And they, they, as you said, they enjoy doing something like that. Like they know like, okay, I need to be helpful in this situation. So it's, it's really great. And I, I, as I said before, I would love to get more involved with that maybe my mom is currently building a farm in Pennsylvania, which is super exciting, but then I'll be closer to this place that I mentioned earlier. So I would Mm -hmm. love to be able to go and work with them more when I'm home. That's awesome. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and and share a bit of your story. And it's so exciting to continue to watch your career unfold and I'll be continuing to watch and cheer you on, but I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.